The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Play season-long best ball, fantasy drafts where you only focus on the most fun part of fantasy, drafting your team. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. Underdog handles the rest for you. No waivers, trades, or setting your lineups each week. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The White Sox signed Liam Hendricks for a deal that the Yankees could have matched, and the White Sox have become the only team that wants to win in the American League. DJ LeMahieu and the Mets have mutual interest. Kill me. And the Boston Red Sox are tearing down a 26-year-old franchise cornerstone in the latest episode of The Hate Update. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question if you so desire. Although, if that question is, why aren't the Yankees doing anything, I can't answer that. Thomas Carinante, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. You're always on the podcast, but welcome back to the podcast uh, how you doing this week? Uh, are you more depressed than you were last week, or are you just sort of hanging in there? I'm pretty good. I'm. I love the welcome. It makes me feel like I'm an esteemed guest. But here I am every day, just doing the same shit. Same guy um, from the other pod. Same guy. But here yeah, he is. <laughs> same guy for Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I'm more of the pizza Friday. I guess you could welcome me on Pizza Friday because that's more of my my grand entry. I feel. Um, anyway, uh, I'm feeling whatever. I think the this Hendricks thing which is probably what we're going to get into first um, kind of discourages fans because once again, there's another American league team. Uh, well, there's the only American league team, I guess, doing something in the white Sox. Um, and the Yankees are standing idly by not doing much. Was Hendricks a target? 
We thought he could potentially be a target, but we did not estimate he'd be getting $54 million over four years. We thought the Yankees would be able to steal him for like $10 million per. Uh, I guess the joke's on us. Eh, everyone's going to freak out about this, but you have to look at this once again from a financial perspective. The White Sox have only $115 million committed to 2021. Not even close to what the Yankees are doing. The Yankees have, what, $175 million committed right now, but you have to factor in the $20 million for DJ, and then you're talking one – or they have $180 million, then you factor in the $20 million for DJ. Then we're talking $200 million. Then there's not much room to, to move there. Um, the White Sox have done a good job. They, they've really done a great job extending these guys. Their highest-paid players are Yasmani Grandal and Jose Abreu. Uh, I know Dallas Keuchel's making a nice chunk too, but then after that, you have Luis Robert making only a little bit, Yon Moncada making a little bit, Eloy Jimenez making a little bit. They traded for Lance Lynn. He's on a team-friendly deal. Tim Anderson's a bargain. Had the list goes on and on. So as their pitching staff, Lucas Giolito is first-year arbitration eligible. It's they've done a great job in terms of setting themselves up to spend a little bit of money and splurge. And when you have, uh, they had Alex Colome hitting free agency, uh, Alex Colome, however you say his name, uh, he was their closer last year. They had an immediate void to fill. We know now in this day and age, you can't really let the back end of the bullpen go, you know, un, unstabilized uh, that we've seen it with so many teams that are stocking up the middle of their bullpen to make sure it's okay. The White Sox, can't afford to not have a closer if they want to contend and they're probably going to contend in the American league based on how this all has transpired. But um, would have been nice to see the Yankees maybe figure something out because you look at Hendricks's salary. I think he's averaging what 13 or 14, 14 million per. It's a weird contract. Did you notice that? It's it's 13 million. It's only three years guaranteed. It's it comes to 54 million with the buyouts. Like it's that situation where if his contract gets voided, in the fourth year, he basically gets a fat extra year, but it's three years, 39. Um, no, plus. He didn't, no, no, no. He's making 54. He makes $54 million regardless of what happens. So the fourth yeah. year. Yeah. But it's like, that's, that's like seven. That's like what four. Oh yeah. I guess that's 14 million. Yeah. But they could stretch it if they don't like the fourth year. So they can just pay him over time that 15 million. It's either, he gets cut and he makes 15 million or he plays for the team that fourth year and makes the 15 million that year. But if he gets cut or they release him or whatever happens, he gets paid that he could get paid that 15 million over a stretch of years. Yeah, it's fun, but it is basically, I mean, it's pretty much Zach Britton money, right? Yeah. It, it's the, the option the Yankees picked up on Zach Britton this off season on October 30th, literally October 30th. It's the last time we run a Yankees podcast. The last time we've had Yankees news, the Yankees signed a guy or the Yankees traded a guy was October 30th. Uh, and it was Zach Britton, his option that brought the final two years of his deal to two years and $27 million. Um, so slightly un underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Under Hendrick's money, but like fairly similar. Um, I think we, at that point, 
unfairly were like, oh, the Yankees are willing to pay the Zach Britton contract that we kind of thought they were going to void to save money at the margins. I guess they're going to be proactive and spend this offseason. And then all of a sudden, uh, no, t- I mean, two and a half months later, that is the only move that they have made. Um, we we probably spent too much time looking at the Yankees and saying, come on, they're they're the New York Yankees. They have they have money in the bank. They have they have endless supply of cash. They can surely take advantage of a disadvantaged offseason and spend in, in the pandemic baseball winter where no one else can spend. But we didn't do enough calculating for, for teams like the White Sox, Padres, and Mets that just have not spent over the previous few years. So even if they have financial losses and even if they typically operate with a lower payroll, that payroll was so low that they were like, oh, we could just we could add these guys with impunity. Who cares? Let's get better. We're borderline contenders. Let's let's add players to the baseball team. Um, and so the White Sox are, you know, the, the Mets in the Padres in the NL. That's very nice. Uh, but the Yankees, by and large, so far, have sort of looked at the rest of the American League and gone the Rays got worse. They had two, they rode three starters in Randy Rosarain to the World Series and lost two of those starters. And the one they kept can't pitch more than five innings. So I think we're actually, you know, the Rays got worse objectively. Uh, the Red Sox aren't aren't trying to compete this year. They might by accident, they've done it before 2013. Uh, that team, worst World Series winning roster of all time, uh, ever ad infinitum for the rest of history. Um, but the Orioles, you know, not good enough. The Blue Jays, unless they buy everyone who they're currently talking to, still probably a year away. The Astros lose George Springer, and they're banking on the same rookies from the playoffs last year in the rotation. The Oakland A's lost their entire roster. I don't think you'll be seeing them in the playoffs this year. Stranger things have happened, like the 2013 Red Sox, and stranger things becoming a hit. But I do not think you will see the A's in the playoffs this year. So the Yankees are looking at the American League going, everybody got worse. The Cleveland Indians, who we played in the playoffs, way worse. Lindor gone, hand gone. Uh, And the Yankees are kind of like, you will make our moves at some point, probably, but Right now, we, we were the best team in the American League entering last season uh, with a much stronger American League. So now, obviously, we're probably the best team in the American League because the American League sucks. Uh, and the White Sox are the only team that's going, there's an ALCS berth for us. We, we, we just got free ride to the ALCS by getting Liam Hendricks and Lance Lynn. And we have the best bullpen in the American League. They do. They, they have this incredible young bullpen. Garrett Crochet, my first-round prospect crush from last year, is not he looked like he needed Tommy John when he came out of the playoffs. Apparently he's fine. Um, he'll be there. Aaron Bummer. There's like six generic relievers. The, the White Sox have the Rays bullpen, but nobody mentioned it because they were the White Sox. Um, they're a really good team. Uh, and it sort of looks like the Yankees and White Sox in the ALCS pending uh, other moves. But the fact that the other contender on the Yankees level is is going out and grabbing it, and the Yankees are sort of just doing the Zach Britton thing is disheartening. Yeah, the Yankees are using that that BS where it's like, oh, you know, we're adding Zach Britton and we have Luis Severino coming back from injury and we're going to expect Aaron Judge and Carlos Santana to be healthy. They're doing that thing where it's like, oh, we have additions that are coming internally and they're not really additions. It's like you should have just picked up Britton's option. That's not a move. That's that's what is that's that's what the smart thing to do is because you are Adam Adam Adovino took such a significant step backwards that you can't afford to let Britain go. Um, and you're obviously not going to spend on the higher uh, cost free agents to, you know, t- take a role in the back end of the bullpen and you're not getting rid of her oldest Chapman apparently. So you need to figure, you, you need to keep it. Britain's been the stabilizer back there and he hasn't blown big games like Chapman has. I know Chapman's been consistent, but 
Oh man, I wish they just traded Chapman and signed Hendricks. But is that a hot take? I don't know. I feel of like we should. Is it a hot take? Is yeah. it a hot take? I feel like we could have got rid of Chapman's money easily. Another the, the Padres wouldn't have taken that. The Padres no, don't hot, have a closer. It's a hot but accurate take. It's a, yeah. it's a fine take. I'd be happy to get rid of a Rollins Chapman. Yeah, I mean, people are saying like, oh, you know, I, I see threat. Look, Rollins Chapman's a great closer. He, he has a great track record. Um, there, there's the body of work is there. And then you go on Yankees Twitter, you see people very upset with him, and rightfully so. And then people are saying, oh, you know, it's attributed to a couple of bad pitches here and there. Uh, the Astros cheated in that um, in that ALCS, and that's the reason they, they they were able to embarrass him in that fashion. Jose Altuve didn't need but a like, trash can to tell him there was a hanging slider coming. Yeah, well, it was it the was worst bad, pitch of his yeah, career. It was a bad pitch. And then you let Mike Brasso bot, like, get the best of you. You can't do that. And – Oh, it's just like if he can't if he can't get it done when we need to get it done when we need him to get it done he's just not it's not going to work it doesn't matter if he has a 1.9 ERA during the regular season and then he pitches you know three clean postseason innings and then we have a do or die game and he manages to blow it that that negates everything and that that's the that's the stakes that you have when you're in New York and I think that's what kind that needs to be the the bigger topic of conversation because yes, he has very few blemishes on his, on his uh, resume, but they're all very memorable. The, the Devers home run against the Red Sox. I know it was a regular season game, but that was, that was one of the most crushing blown games, regular season games we've seen. Infuriating. Yeah, I was inf- there. I was there and I broke a cardinal rule of my baseball attending experience. And I switched seats for the ninth inning oh, no. uh, to, to beat traffic at the door. So yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And then we have game seven of the world series with the Cubs and that's just always going to be part of the DNA. I think in, in that's, that's what it feels like because you have all these other little instances during his tenure with the Yankees where it really doesn't add up, but yeah, that's my hot take for the day. I wish we would have found a suitor for Chapman, got rid of the money and then just signed Hendricks to this deal. And then you have longer stability, but I guess, uh, they're sticking with him. He got a vote of confidence after the season, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I hate to be this guy. I, I Obviously, it's biased you know, with your eyeballs on the Yankees for 162 games a season, but I would take pretty much any elite closer over a role as Chapman at this point because, they're, because of a lack of baggage and also because of the fact that you know there are significant conflicts of interest in, in rationalizing rooting for a role as Chapman after all he's done. I don't – you know, I'm not going to go deep into it, but it's not – Super fun having him be the last line of defense and having to waste your your day actively supporting him. I will say that his original deal, you know, before he opted out and the Yankees renegotiated and overpaid him last offseason for whatever reason, I whatever. actually really thought he was gone. I actually thought we were we were free of the burden of a role as Chapman. And then when they announced he was returning, I was like, great. I guess we we kept a role as Chapman. That's cool. Obviously, all star closer, but uh, there, yeah. Um, as part of his original eighty six million dollar five year contract. He had a uh, a limited no trade provision that said he could be dealt during 2020 or 2021 to any of the five California teams or Seattle without his consent. So he could have been shipped to the Padres without his consent in any way mm. under his old contract. Under his current contract, we decided to rewrite history last offseason and give him a full no trade provision. So now he would have final approval or say under any uh, potential trade. Now you would hope that the Yankees, if they had come to a fork in the road and actually found a trade partner for our oldest Chapman would be able to be like, 
Mr. Chapman, uh, allow us to argue for you accepting this trade. Um, every the worst moments of your life have all been spent in New York. Have you enjoyed the last three years of being on the mound when the season is over and the entire fan base hating you? Has that been fun for you? If you could opt out of that, would you? Because we do have a solution. It's like, you don't even really have to be a game show host or a salesman. You could just say, remember being absolutely miserable at the end of 2018 and 2019 and parts of 2017? You don't have to be that anymore. And 2020, you just, you don't have, you don't have to be that anymore. You live in San Diego. It'd be fun for you. Yeah. yeah, You don't have to convince me. I will obviously take Liam Hendricks uh, over this person who has uh, been in my life uh, way too long, uh, but it's it's not an option. Uh, overpaying bullpen arms, uh, you know, might be a thing of the past for the Yankees. But then again, uh, you're supposed to be able to develop a bullpen. That's supposed to be the easiest thing to develop. And yet, uh, John Oliver style. And yet, uh, where are the people from the bullpen that we've developed? Where are they? Uh, Nick Nelson and Brooks Krisky are supposed to be some of them. I don't know about that. Jonathan Loizaga, no thank you. Ben Heller, still no. Uh, None of the guys from the Scranton shuttle look like what the Rays have, let alone a viable closer. So I'm still waiting. Uh, I'm still waiting on the bullpen to develop itself. Until then, I guess I'll keep advocating for the Yankees to overpay for people I've already heard of who've been developed in other places because whatever's going on in the backyard is not working. Uh, We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Mets and DJ LeMayhew, how far have the mutual interest conversations gone? Yikes. And uh, we get a chance to hate on the Boston Red Sox, which is always my favorite thing to do. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So DJ LeMayhew, where it stands, he's still annoyed with the Yankees. Uh, how much does he like us at this point? Not sure. Apparently he told his agent to re-engage with other teams for the first time in underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team. And that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit. When you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Once this week, stunning if he wasn't already doing that, but at least became public this week when it leaked from the agency side. Uh, Of course, the natural next step in the LeMahieu conversation is to leak interest between you and the uh, enemy of the state in the Bronx at the moment, the New York Mets and Steve Cohen. Uh, Andy Martino says, though, the conversations have been limited in scope. Uh, This was Tuesday. The conversations have been limited and the Mets would have to shed payroll uh, if they wanted to make a move like a LeMahieu or even a George Springer. And so if you see the Mets making some weird trade to shed payroll, you should start getting very scared because that means they're moving close to either Springer or LeMahieu and you don't know until something's announced. Um, Martino said, you know, obviously more would have to be done, but there is mutual interest between the Mets and DJ LeMahieu. So do you feel they are emerging along with the Dodgers and Blue Jays and part of that triplicate of teams that could actually go, fuck it, five years, $100 million, who cares, and screw up the Yankees' grand plan? Or do you still not believe in the Mets? Because mutual interest isn't anything if they're just talking about, you know, general, you know, business discussions. Yeah, I'm, I'm split down the middle. Why? Why am I worried? Uh, first off is because we know the George Springer talks are souring a bit. Uh, he wants between 175 and 2 million. The Mets offered under 150 million. Also the Mets don't really need another outfielder. They can live with Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto and Dom Smith out there. So 
don't really think that that's uh, a necessary signing for them. I know that uh, uh, Nimmo and Conforto are nearing their, their end with the team. Conforto's in his uh, final year of arbitration eligibility. So I guess that could be a problem, but I, I think that they want him to be there for longer than that. Um, so when you look at the infield, they need a second baseman and Steve Cohen wants to win a world series in the next three to five years. You give DJ that fifth year and just say, screw it. We're doing it. You have yourself a pretty damn good middle infield for the next five years. Uh, so the fit is there and the vacancy is there. Um, and they only have 180 million on the payroll right now. So they can afford to go another 20 million at this moment. And they don't really need to make many other additions. The bullpen, they, they added a couple guys, so it's, it's looking all right. It's, now it's going to depend if Edwin Diaz can get the job done. Um, the pitching, the starting rotation is tremendous. It's that, that's as good as it's going to get unless they make some other crazy move that, that we don't foresee, but I think they're done there. Um, so I think the fit's there in terms of they need a second baseman. However, you look ahead. This is why I'm not particularly worried. Cano's coming back next year. Don't even know what that's going to look like, but – they're going to be on the hook for $24 million in 2022 and 2023. I don't know what they do about that. So that's going to create, that's going to create some sort of issue, whether it's getting rid of his contract or having to pay a portion of it, or just taking him back altogether. Maybe at that point there's a DH and they could, they could get him in the lineup that way. I don't know. Another issue is that you have Noah Syndergaard and uh, Marcus Stroman hitting free agency after this year. If they want to win the World Series, they're going to need to have a pretty damn good top-to-bottom starting rotation. Losing those two guys is going to be fairly significant unless they have somebody in the pipeline that, once again, we don't know about or they have another trade up their sleeve that we don't know about. But again, they don't have the strongest farm system in the world. I don't see them getting their hands on, for example, a Luis Castillo or a Sonny Gray. They're not going to have the capital to do that. So that's the re- that's the other that's, I guess, the reason I'm not worried. However, the worry now for the short term is that they could just pay LeMayhew and figure it out all later if they have the guys in the front office that are doing the diagnostics for two, three, four years down the road. They could figure out who to get rid of. They could figure out where to do some you know, financial gymnastics. I don't know, but I think that's, that's kind of the lens we have to look at it through now. There's an immediate fit, yet there are concerns, not something to write off. No, I'm not writing it off. I, I think that the main thing is I was sort of always mentally – putting George Springer in the outfield and putting Jeff McNeil back at second and going, there's no natural fit. McNeil will play second. Then they'll cut or trade Cano, eat that money. Springer's in center field for five years. No chance, you know, any LeMay who fits super awkward. Then if you're, if you're not going to sign George Springer, it's not that awkward, Uh, especially, you know, Steve Cohen doesn't want to go to war with the Yankees, but he, he, I'm sure he'd be enjoying pricking his rivals a little more by directly stealing uh, their current MVP. Um, I'm sure he enjoyed taking Francisco Lindor from them. Even if Francisco Lindor was never really going to go to the Bronx, I'm sure he didn't hate the fact that he was blocking the Yankees from their plan B by making this big expensive move. Uh, Now he won't shut up about black jerseys. He never tweets about anything. He he never, uh, Mets fans, he could tweet just a pocket dial and Mets fans would be like, Steve Cohen's so funny. (laughs) He's so funny. What a funny guy. Um, But you know, I, if I were him, I would certainly focus on, on making the LeMahieu conversation at least sweaty for the Yankees. I don't need the mutual interest to result in a deal. I need the mutual interest to result in the Yankees knowing that I'm not fucking around here and that I'm actually, you know, now that I've been given an opening, the doors open again. I'm I'm not going to shy away 
I am going to go back to the conversation and say, I remember when you said you were interested in learning more about the New York Mets. Are you still interested in doing that? Because let's have a conversation. Um, I don't expect him to go there. I, I still do sort of expect it. I power rank it as Yankees, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Mets, and I'm going to do that until I see something that that tells me otherwise. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you've even got the Yankees players at this point checking in on LeMahieu going, what the hell's going on? There's a story this morning uh, where Chad Green was like, I don't text him because I don't know him that well, which also weird. You're on the same team. But he was like, I, I do text the guys who are close with LeMahieu. And I'm like, is he coming back? With it? What's going on here? Um, so not great if the players are starting to get concerned about the fit. Um, not giving away any state secrets here. Obviously, no Yankees have insider knowledge. DJ's probably been in a cabin in Michigan for like a month and a half, which is why he hasn't been engaging with other teams yet. Um, but yeah, anytime you hear DJ has mutual interest with the team that plays in the same city, wouldn't force him to move and is going to be a pretty clear contender in 2021. It's concerning to an extent. Um, now it is time though, to end on a positive note, uh, to talk about our least favorite team in professional sports, uh, and one in which the fan base has gone full teardown brain disease and has now decided that it is not only okay, but totally great and wonderful to trade all of the players from their 108 win juggernaut from 2018. I hope Alex Cora knows what he's walking into because this is an episode of the hate update. Listening to Thomas and Adam b -b -b blasting the Boston Red Sox. This is the Hate Update. Ah, oh, that's music to my ears. I love it. You gotta, you gotta love it. You gotta love when the Red Sox are in the news. Uh, considering they were so committed to being terrible in 2020, it kind of felt like you know, it felt like you were ripping on some you know poor forgotten team instead of it's like it's like you had a hate update about like Appalachian State and then at the end of it all the Appalachian State fans are like come on man we're like a four we're like a four win football team we don't even play D1 and you're like yeah no I get it um the Boston Red Sox obviously uh traded Mookie Betts last year very depressing would be a mark of shame for most franchises uh but it turns out that a this is what they hired High and Bloom to do and B, this is what the fans love now. The, the high-spending Boston Red Sox fans who uh, traded for Pedro Martinez at his peak, signed Manny Ramirez, signed Kurt Schilling, won four World Series in the past decade and a half. No, now their favorite thing is resetting the luxury tax threshold, trading every major leaguer on their roster in order to get their farm system a half-notch better in the Baseball America rankings because it's always more important to have your farm system be in the top five than it is for your major league roster to be a potential World Series contender. Keep kicking that can down the line. And the latest news says that Andrew Benintendi, who is just 26 years old, is apparently now too old and bad for Red Sox fans. He played a 14-game season last year before being shut down with injury. That is apparently enough to determine that he is regressive and god-awful and whatever other metrics you want to pull out. Benintendi has two more years of control, and apparently it is almost a guarantee he will be traded by the end of the weekend to the Pirates, I guess. Uh, Thomas, go off. You have a chance to, to go off on this one, too. Did you ever in a million years think that not only would Betts be gone, but Benintendi would be gone, too, in like two years, and the fans would be cheering from the rooftops? Come on. Benintendi felt like a lifetime Red Sox player to me. 20-year Red Sox yeah. Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, no doubt. And when you look at his stats, you would, you would think that this is the perfect fit for them. He crushed the Yankees. His best career stats are against the Yankees. He's played the most career games against the Yankees, 60 in total. He slashed 291, 352, 483. That's an 834 OPS over the course of 60 games. 
nine home runs, 38 RBIs. Not any, not like too crazy, but he hit the ball 15 doubles, like 34 runs scored in 60 games. That's insane. So this was a guy who was constantly a thorn in our side, constantly getting big hits in, in big moments. Oh God. That when he, when he picked that, I know I, I don't know who I was rooting for in that Astros Red Sox ALCS in 2018, but when he picked that fucking ball off the turf on that Michael, uh, that uh, Alex Bregman bloop into left field with the bases loaded. Oh God. I, I almost lost my mind because he's not even a good defender. So I don't know. I, I thought this is, and I don't even know what the Red Sox are doing. Like this, uh, to me, this seems like Heim Bloom was just part of the system in Tampa because, in my opinion, he's made zero good moves. Trading Benintendi at his lowest potential value when you have him under control for just over six and a half million dollars in 2021, and then he has one final year of arbitration eligibility in 2022. I don't understand what you think you're going to get unless you're pulling a raise and you're like, oh, let me pluck through the farm system and find, you know, their 80th best prospect who should actually, you know, be their 15th best prospect and we'll take him on board. I don't know that the strategy here makes no sense. Um, I think it's hilarious because this Andrew Benintendi was a darling among Red Sox fans. All the chicks thought he was like the hottest dude ever to come through Boston. And now he's, he's good for spare parts. Great. Let's trade him. Let's trade everybody. We traded Mookie Betts. So let's continue it. Let's keep it going. The, the, like you said, that now taking, first of all, they never even considered themselves big payroll. These assholes have always been the, the, uh, the scrappy underdogs, the guys, you know, picking, picking people up off the streets to, to back clean up bullshit, highest payroll in the league, the top three highest payroll in the league for like the last 10 years. I don't want to hear it. And now you're looking to cut somebody who's making $6 million. Who's 26 years old is a left is a, uh, a left-handed, a power hitting left-handed bat. You would, you would think, uh, but crazy how time has flown because he did make his debut in 2016. Um, and now he only has two years of control left. It feels like, it, it feels like we we've lost like half of our lives, but here we are Red Sox now taking pride and shedding payroll and getting rid of guys at their lowest value. Enjoy. Everybody on Twitter wants to jump. People call the Red Sox Rays Northeast or whatever. And everyone on Twitter who thinks they're making such an insightful point jumps in to be like, I wouldn't be so quick to make fun of those Rays comparisons. The Rays have the sixth most wins in baseball since 2008 or whatever. And that's nice. But they haven't made the World Series between 2008 and last year. They finally made it in 2020. And when they got there, the whole world went, oh, they're not as good as the Dodgers, though. They're not going to win the World Series. <laughs> this, is the, this is the second best team in the World Series. Not even close. And it's so it's like, okay, uh, if the Red Sox ultimate goal is to build a roster that features all these spare parts, interchangeable pieces, no stars, won't spend on anyone, will make sure to flip any pitcher or position player when they even begin to sniff arbitration just so that they can eventually recycle people and maybe climb back into the AL playoff field and maybe luck into getting to the World Series where they are beaten by a behemoth from the National League that actually did all of the core building but then also spent money on people, then that's fine. I am much more scared of the Red Sox who will pay for Manny Ramirez and Kurt Schilling and other superstars than I am of the Red Sox team that just decides to recycle people endlessly and forget to do the final step of the process, which is paying superstars and extending superstars, which is what the Dodgers do so well. I'm scared of Heim Bloom turning the Red Sox into the Dodgers Northeast, but if he wants to do this raise thing forever, then that is fine. Um, he wasn't brought people, in to do that. He's he always brought, wanted to, yeah. yeah. He was brought in to be the raise, and he, he was brought in to try to be the raise, and the raise are the raise. We've, how many times have we learned this?
when the Red Sox ownership appears to be bored of, of paying money for stuff. They, they, it's yeah. like they think they've won enough titles. They're, now we're doing modern baseball. We're doing constant recycling of contracts because we've won four World Series since 2004. We don't care anymore. They don't care about the fans. They provided the fans everything they said they would do. They're old, old men, and now they want to save money for their families. They're, they're elderly people. Really, how much more do you want from us? Four World Series. We did it for you. We did it over and over again. We accidentally won one with a bad team in 2013. What, what else do you want us to give you? And, and Red Sox fans by and large, are sort of on board. They're like, yes, we love the Rays. We love our new cheap overlords. Uh, some are upset. I mean, obviously, you're going to be mad about trading Mookie Betts, but the way they've fallen in line on Benintendi proves that they don't They don't care. They, they could be easily swayed into doing whatever their dear leader tells them is, is the right decision. And if it's building a farm system and shirking the major league roster, then by God, we're going to wave a banner for having the best farm system in baseball. Now, people are going to come after us and say, Yankee fans, you're calling the Red Sox fans disloyal for turning on Benintendi. Didn't you turn on Gary Sanchez? And to that, I will say Gary Sanchez has had one good half of baseball since 2018. Gary Sanchez never hit that peak after 2017 that we wanted him to. He did not progress. Andrew Benintendi, he was like the best young player other than Betts on the roster in 2018. 2019 took a step back, still pretty good. 2020 hit 103 in 14 games and then got hurt. If you're going to get on his ass for regressing this year, you're going to have to acknowledge it wasn't even a season. This is a guy trying to play through a groin strain for two weeks before the manager goes, we're pretty bad. You don't have to play anymore, actually. Um, so calling uh, calling Ben and Tendi washed at the age of 26. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know? There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know? A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. For playing a bad two weeks uh, is different than saying Gary Sanchez needs to improve after uh, two and a half pretty bad years um, and in which, you know, he's fallen out of MLB's top 10 catchers and he's not even really close after being a number five prior to this year. So the Gary Sanchez cliff dive is much different than the Andrew Benintendi slight regression that might not even be real. Yeah. And you want to add some more negativity to the pod today? I do. Shall we? One year ago today, the Astros received their punishment for the cheating scandal and AJ Hinch is already fucking back in baseball. Yeah, great. Uh, the Red Sox, if the Red Sox need a new GM, if, if the Bloom thing doesn't work out, they should just try try Lou now. He's, he's available. He's hireable. He apologizes. He's very sorry. Perfect GM for them. I, I'm surprised it hasn't been made already. Or at least yeah. president of baseball operations might get a promotion after after compromising the integrity of an entire sport. That That's a total Red Sox thing to do. Yeah, bring him in in the Tony La Russa role. Tell him he can enjoy a martini in the clubhouse pregame. <laughs> Just just some some light advice and give him a million dollar paycheck. That's have four it. martinis before driving. Embarrassing. Uh embarrassing. Just embarrassing. That was oh, I could do 35 more minutes on the Boston Red Sox, but I, <laughs> I will hold off. We'll see who they get for Ben and Hopefully it's a, a nickel, maybe uh maybe a couple of dimes. Uh that's it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner. He has been Thomas Carinante, and he'll talk in a second. I don't really know why I said that. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. You can ask us, why are you being so hard on the Boston Red Sox? And I will say, hi, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're going to keep doing it, though. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib.
And I'm Thomas Carinante, as Adam said. Uh, you can find me at Tommy's <laughs> underscore takes. Uh, please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We still have the content churning, hate content, love content, whatever you want. We need the questions. We need the commentary on Twitter at yanksgoyardfs. Talk to us there. Turn some stuff into content. Who knows? We're trying to have fun. We're trying to make the most of everything that's going on. And uh, Yankees, uh, we'd appreciate if you would announce DJ today so we can move on with our lives. Thank you. Yeah, if you announce DJ, we promise we'll do an emergency pod that will only be 75% about the Red Sox. Um, Until next time, see ya. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.